welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for all things Husky Hockey cancellation and postponement related. That's pretty much all we've got going on here the last couple of weeks. I'm Weldy, sitting with Andrew, and we got another off week to talk about. And we don't take breaks on this podcast. Yep, you're stuck with us. You, you get to be stuck with us. Let's put a positive spin on this here. There you go. So a couple of news items here. Obviously, like everybody is aware, uh, Denver, no Denver series. Denver instead switched over to play Omaha. Uh, we'll talk just a little bit about that series because uh, that was a penalty-filled series. So that series is uh, switched out on the 4th and 5th of February with Western Michigan, and Western Michigan were playing what our normal off week would be on the 11th and 12th. So, I mean, as it stands now, it doesn't look like we have an off week here for the rest of the season. So it's going to be a gauntlet, uh, even more of a gauntlet than it already was, uh, depending on if there um, is any other cancellations kind of uh, waiting in the wings, so to speak. Well, yeah, and they also, I mean, they didn't, uh, they haven't yet rescheduled the Duluth series that was scrubbed last week. So because there's no off weekends, Till the rest of the way, the only chance to reschedule those would be during the week. So there's a possibility if they do reschedule those games that those weeks are going to be much more compact and, and not going to even have any off days in the middle of the week, really. So, yeah, let's hope it's the end. I mean, let's hope it's the end of the uh, cancellations. I guess we'll probably figure it out tomorrow night. It seems like Tuesday's the night. When uh, when the decisions and the tests and everything come back and the decisions are made whether or not they're going to cancel series, that's what's happened the last two weeks. So we're here on Monday night, um, crossing our fingers that we get some action this weekend. Uh, really out of everybody else's hands at this point. So really hoping that there's uh, some hockey this weekend, uh, St. Cloud State hockey to watch. Yeah, I was kind of perplexed. I could say about the changes uh, in regard to the schedule here for this week where we were scheduled to play at Denver and instead, you know, they things got switched around. And I wonder if St. Cloud State, you know, if there is, I haven't heard of any type of a COVID issue among the team. I mean, it's rampant everywhere. So, I mean, maybe that's some of the case. Or if we just kind of out of the goodness of our heart agreed to it, or if the conference just said, no, this is what you're going to do anyway. From what I what I had gathered from the press release, I thought from the NCHC was that this the COVID issues were on St. Cloud's end this, this time, um, which is why they weren't able to make the trip. Um, at this point, well, so then the CC and Western series was scrubbed. That was apparently from CC's end. Uh, North Dakota had issues on their end, so that's why the their series with Omaha was scrubbed. Um, at this point, Miami's one of the few schools in the conference not to have an outbreak yet, uh, and they just played Duluth in this past weekend. So it's like I'm almost, I'm almost, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm the reverse psychology of yeah, I bet we're not going to play again this weekend. Miami's going to come up with some with an outbreak. Um, Maybe I'll just say that so I can jinx myself into being pleasantly surprised when we do have a series this weekend. But yeah, it seems like everybody in the conference is going through it. Yeah, it's uh strange. It's strange that you know the CC 
the CCHA has had no cancellations in the same time period. It's, it's kind of surprising that one conference, uh, you know, Hockey East has been ravaged, uh, ECAC, bunch of cancellations there. CCHA and Atlantic Hockey, too, have had, and Big Ten. Big Ten's had some push, like the Wisconsin had a series pushed back a day or two last week. But um, but those conferences seem to have, seem to be avoiding the uh, cancellation uh, carousel, as it were. So, uh, you know, that's, let's hope that they're, you know, just, I guess it's kind of luck at a lot of, a lot of it is luck at this point just to make sure that you get a series off, but especially now that you have no wiggle room the rest of the year in schedule wise, uh, let's just hope that, um, that this is, uh, this is, uh, over with, but that might be a wishful thinking at this point. Yep. It seems like the solution here, or it seems like what uh, we're doing going forward is just putting whatever two teams is healthy in a blender and saying, all right, that's your matchup this week. <laughs> just, you know, Omaha, Denver, those two teams are okay to play. Okay, we'll just have you play each other. That's, that's fine. We'll just, we'll just do that for the, for the rest yeah. of the season. So that's going to be kind of a recipe for dis- disaster. So, you know, not a lot to go over here. Miami, just straight up, this should be a six-point weekend. This is one where we would need six points if we're going to play this weekend. It's, you know, to keep pace with everybody else in the league and, you know, really to turn the screws to Duluth, who unexpectedly dropped two points um, uh, last weekend when they uh, lost in a shootout, I believe it was, to, to Miami. So it's... Uh, very key that uh, we get all six. I don't see any issues with it. Uh, but, you know, if we do, knock on wood, if we do. First off, Andrew, do you think we're going to have a series this weekend? And then if we do, what are your kind of high-level high uh, overview here uh, going into Miami? Yeah, like I said, I my reverse psychology says we're not going to have a series. I mean, and as you said, it's it all changed. It, you know, life comes at us pretty quick nowadays. There's a possibility, let's say, the Duluth is supposed to be at Omaha this weekend. If you don't stand some... around and look every once in a while, you just might miss <laughs> That's it. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a possibility that like the Duluth-Omaha series doesn't go off and St. Cloud plays Duluth this weekend. They make up that series this weekend because of that. And, you know, Miami, let's say Miami has, has issues, uh, COVID issues. I mean, that's the craziness of what the situation is now is that, you know, yeah, the Miami's on the schedule, but... We could play a whole different team this weekend, um, or we couldn't. We might not play at all. Said, I really hope that we play. Um, and if just assuming that the Omaha, or excuse me, the uh, Miami series goes on, yeah, as you said, six points or bust. Um, but I'm sure that's what Duluth was saying last weekend, uh, and they were unable to to get that job done, only getting the four points, which is a a big result for the Huskies, for instance. I mean, if they want to make up ground against Duluth and I mean that might come that might be the difference between the who's hosting a four or five series in the playoffs so take that opportunity uh and and run with it if you can but if you're not getting the six points out of Miami this weekend that's kind of an opportunity that's squandered so as you said Miami is bad Uh, no good way to say that they're a bad team they're well on their way especially after 
getting swept at home to CC, the Toilet Bowl, as we christened it last week, uh, well on their way to finishing uh, eighth for the fifth time in the conference history, um, which is uh, shocking if you knew sort of the trajectory of Miami's program coming into the conference nine years ago. Did not see yeah. them being the doormat. Um, and it's it's been either them or CC. CC's been four, you know, I think they're both four times as last place uh, in the eight years. This is the ninth year, obviously. So right now, CC has a healthy lead on on Miami for seventh. Uh, and this year might be one of the worst teams of those last place teams that Miami's had. Uh, you know, the came into the year, remember our first uh, episode, they had named, pretty surprisingly, I think, for both of us, they had named that Pearson the preseason goalie of the year. Uh, and, and he doesn't have much of a team in front of him, but his stats are pretty gaudy in the, in the not good direction. Goals against nearing four, save percentage about 88%. Uh, and like I said, he's doesn't have the greatest defense uh, in front of them, their, their offense especially. I mean, top score right now has got 15 points. You know, they're able to compete in some games. I mean, they were heavily outshot by Duluth on, on that Saturday game. Uh, and and Pearson played, played well. Um, but don't have much on the back end, and you don't have much offensively. Uh, that's a result or it's a recipe for, for a last place finish. And, and so this is the only chance you have to play Miami this year. St. Cloud does not go, go out to, to Miami this year. Um, so as the eighth place team, most likely, I mean, this is, it's almost a sick, like you said, six points or bust. So Hopefully, not only hopefully we get the series off, but uh, hopefully the Huskies, you know, now that two weeks without playing a series, hopefully there's no rust uh, that's developed, you know, since that Bemidji series. So we played one one series, two games in, you know, a month and a half at this point since that North Dakota series. They didn't look rusty against the, uh, against Bemidji. And so hopefully... Uh, they're not going to look rusty this weekend either if they do play. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hopeful and confident that they can get the job done this weekend. Um, and uh, more, I'm more iffy on whether or not the series is going to be played. If the series is played, I'm going, yeah, a, a convincing six points. Uh, how about you? Yep, I I completely agree. Um, the Four wins that Miami has had so far this year. Uh, a win at Omaha, a win at Ferris State, a win at Mercyhurst, and then uh, the, the... Long Island. Uh, Long Island, which they split Long Island. They're, so, I mean, that kind of... Yeah, they've had one... That was their only home win this year. They've got one win at home. So, it's... I mean, I'm no bones about it. You know, we, we, we've got we're, we're we're completely well rested. That's for sure. So, uh, in, you know, where's where's Miami even sitting down about their wives? Oh, I have Cratch up. Look at me. Mid forties. I mean, they're they're awful. 
Hearts. So that's uh, kind of where we stand this weekend. And uh, again, who knows? As, you know, this podcast is going to drop, and it'll turn out we're playing, we're playing Denver or something yeah. along those lines. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but we did have uh, some news. So yeah. uh, some news that took me by surprise. And uh, Andrew, I'll get your thoughts about it too. But uh, not only will Brett uh, Larson uh, represent State Cloud State in the Olympics coming up, but we're also getting uh, representatives that Nick Furbix and Sam Hentges, which uh, was, you know, uh, came as a surprise to me. I knew they were digging more into the college hockey ranks, and uh, to see them pluck two of our guys is, um, you know, just kind of a wonderful boost to the program. Uh, is does, It does great things really for the athletes as well, obviously, to get this chance to play in the Lynx, like uh, possibly a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But uh, I think the total count was 15 college hockey skaters. What were your thoughts when Henches and Perbix were named? And, uh, you know, what do you see the Huskies, you know, being able to kind of weather the storm with them not being there for kind of a key stretch of the season? Yeah, I was. I think we mentioned last week, you know, when we met, we talked about Larson going, we kind of figured no Husky players are going to go because at that point I hadn't heard, uh, you know, they've had these camps or maybe even just lists of players or maybe invites, whatever. I don't even know how official it was, but the names that have been floated among NCAA players to this point, I hadn't seen Huskies, uh, added on that list or included on that list. Um, and I think too, I mean, just based on what the roster composition was in 2018, I think they had four NCAA players, and like I said, Oregon barely got any playing time, if 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 at all. None. He he didn't dress. So I mean, and maybe they looked at their you know failure to medal in that uh, in that Olympics, uh, and maybe they used that as a data point to say you know we should try it a little differently this year and, and have more of a college uh, uh, heavy team. You know, not only are it's 15 current NCAA players, but all of the players on the roster had had NCAA experience at some point. They got some blasts from the past guys. I, you know, we mentioned Aaron Ness last week. Hadn't heard his name in a while. Andy Mealy. Uh, talk about Miami. I guess it's appropriate on Miami week to bring him up. He was the Hobie Baker winner. 10 years ago, 2011, I think. So uh, he's playing somewhere in, in Europe. Uh, so all of the players, uh, 100% of the roster, either is currently an NCAA player or or has NCAA, has NCAA experience in the past. So I think that's kind of a neat uh, distinction. Uh, kind of going back the old school, you know, pre-NHL Olympic uh rosters you know obviously miracle on ice being the most famous example i mean that was all all ncaa players uh that made up those teams it's kind of what college uh hockey that's why like st cloud state has an olympic sheet um you know college hockey a generation uh, ago was seen as mainly the feeder system into the olympic program Uh, and since the nhl kind of took that over for 20 years that uh you know, the the NCAA as college or as the Olympic program 
essentially. That kind of went by the wayside. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a retro move to, to do this. And it might be, you know, as we, as we said, we don't know how long each Olympics, we're not sure what the NHL is going to do. If they're going to commit their players uh, to, to the Olympics, let them go to the Olympics, or, or are they going to shut the season down, which they don't like to do uh, in Olympic years. So from, I mean, there's no there's no sure answer whether or not 2026 is going to be the same way. So, yeah, as you said, it's an opportunity that might not ever come along again for these players. And, and yeah, I like I liked seeing guys like Perbix and, and Hentges uh, go for the Huskies. Um, I don't think they're going to get Will Borgen, uh, Borgened uh, in this, this Olympics in that I think they're going to get uh, some, some ice time and, and some key ice time. And yeah, I'm it, especially not getting a chance to see the uh, world juniors this year. Uh, and I know this is a bit of a different player pool because you're not limited by age necessarily. Uh, but you know, the Michigan guys, uh, two of them, at least for the, the Americans are going to be on the team. And, uh, Nathan Smith, who we've, Lavish, lavished praise on uh, from Mankato will be on the team. A couple of golfers are on the team. Um, Sanderson from North, uh, North Dakota is going to be on the team. It uh, it's definitely I'll put it this way it's it's uh, heightened my interest uh, in watching the Olympics this year. It's not something that I go out of my way generally to, to watch. Uh, I certainly didn't the last time, um, but now that there's St. Cloud State representation, especially. Uh, I think uh, I'll make much more of an attempt to to tune in to watch this game. So, and very good from a program standpoint, as you mentioned, St. Cloud State can kind of advertise this to to recruits. You know, this is a program that uh, has, and it's not that you know guys like Parrish and Malone and uh, Cullen have have played the Olympics team in the past, but these are current players uh, and. Uh, that's it's a feather in your cap as a program not only to have olympic you know coach let's say but not just one but two guys on the roster that's a it's a good uh a good sign for your program so i i enjoy the news and i think that as far as from how the huskies or the rest of the huskies are going to handle missing those guys uh for a few weeks yeah it's going to be a challenge um but i think that I mean, Hentges has only played what seven games this year, eight games. I was I was just gonna ask, what do you think is the greater possibility? Hentges getting injured prior to the Olympics and not being able to go, or Hentges getting injured in the Olympics it's, and then we lose him for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's either six of one, half dozen the other. <laughs> Equal chance, I guess, on on either of those. Um yeah, not to make light of his injury issue. He can't get injured if we don't play. I that's mean, right. if our games keep getting canceled. So maybe they're. That's right. Maybe this is all a USA hockey ploy to make sure Henches is healthy by just keeping postponing all of St. Cloud State's games. I like where you're thinking. But, but yeah, I mean, in, in seriousness, I think that the Huskies have weathered the storm of having him out. Um, and it's given guys opportunities to step up in his absence. Clearly, I think, as we watched in the Bemidji series, they're a better team when he's in the lineup and producing uh, because it seems like when he's in the lineup, he produces. Uh, 
but seeing as you know the majority of the season has been played without him in the lineup and Pusk been doing just fine in those games, I think that's that's a not to say that it, you know to, to put it to put it in the terms of you know you can weather that loss may almost makes it it's a cheap shot almost a henchy I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying that I think this team is deep enough that uh, one guy isn't going one guy in your forwards aren't, isn't mm-hmm. going to to ruin uh your season. I think Perbix is a bigger loss just because I think he's your best defenseman, but as we've mentioned defense is probably their most deep position. You know, guys like Jaycox barely play uh and as I Lutke who I don't know if we imagined as an everyday player, every game player coming into the season. He wasn't in the first months or so, but he's become a regular. Um, and so, yeah, Deservedly it, it hurt, so. Yeah, I, 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 it, it hurts because Perbix is so good. Um, and I think his absence is going to be more of a challenge uh, than Hentius. Uh, but seeing as I think we do have the reinforcements available, um, I still think that, yeah, missing those two guys you always want to play on your with your best squad, but I think the team's deep enough that they can handle it for a couple of weeks without them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm and, really, I'm really we'll interested see. to see what happens with the power play. What Shayek is going to put out in the power play with, um, with Perbix not in that position, because you know our power play obviously is is clicking. He Perbix is a mainstay on that, and but you know, I, I, I'm I'm interested on kind of that dynamic. If that means it's going to be more Lutke on the power play or um, uh, more Peart, and you know, maybe that is a bigger role to Donahue, which I'm not really a fan of because I don't care for him that much on the power play. Uh, but it's. You know, I, th- that's going to be kind of fun to uh, kind of sit and watch as these games kind of unfold and uh, see what Shia kind of has up his sleeves. Yeah, indeed. And I'm looking forward to, you know, Pert, I think, has made some great strides over the year, over the season, and uh, perhaps he slots into the main sort of power play quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, that month of February with, you know, whether or where we're at, as far as, you know, COVID cancellations, uh, but then also just from gameplay, if, if that first part um, uh, agrees with everything and we get the games going, then how the uh, on-ice production for the Huskies will be, because it's going to be a little bit of, different of a team, and, uh, and so it will, be, it will be interesting. But let's... Uh, so, yeah, very excited for, the, for Hentress and, uh, and Perbix. Um, and then, but also very antsy to get back uh, on the ice this weekend. And again, let's just hope that that happens. Yep. Indeed. Very much. Um, looking over a quick rundown of some of the games that were played here last week. Uh, we talked about uh, Miami and Duluth uh, a little bit about uh, Duluth dropping some points there. Denver easily took uh, care of Omaha. But what I kind of wanted to point out with that is just, how many penalties were called in both games? And I know people were um, a lot of scuttlebutt about the uh, 
just the officiating kind of in general, um, you know, on on the weekend. Uh, UNO was one for eight on the power play. Uh, Denver was zero for four on Saturday's game, and then they on Sunday's game. Uh, that was even more of a hectic um, <laughs> game where UNO was zero for nine on the power play, and Denver was three for ten. There was 54 minutes of penalties yeah. in that in that Sunday game, and just tripping, interference, booking. Like I don't, you know, I didn't watch a lot of that game um, or any of that game for that matter. But just looking at the, the box score, God, that must have been a tough one to to sit through because nothing. I hate stop and go hockey, and I hate that much that many penalties being called. Oh, it was bad. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. on. I watched most of it on Saturday, and then on Sunday, kind of caught the last half of it, third period at least. I watched all the third and a little bit of the second period, and yeah, I, I was just like, they gave that ward for UNO a five-minute major, and, and I think a misconduct. I... I I, I was th- I thought the question was whether or not it should be a two minute penalty at all. Like I I was shocked that they gave five. Uh and yeah and they were doing the it was like under a minute to go and they were doing like a goal. I think they were I think that was the game that they were doing a goal uh, review. It was like a four nothing game at that point. Sometimes these refs uh, um, think they have to just take over the entire game so. From what I watched, yeah, it was a very slow-paced, uh, from the standpoint of just very tall, you know, re- officiated very tightly, and yeah, it it kind of lost lost my interest because of that, just because yeah. it was very choppy, no flow to the game. And then I heard on on the Saturday game they had problems with the review equipment, so when they tried to go in and review, <laughs> they had three people trying to look at uh, a system that ended up being broken. So that kind of sums up how that whole weekend went there uh, for the Omaha uh, Denver City. So. Yeah, so, that well, wasn't, uh, wasn't a surprise uh, to see Denver sweep that series, um, but uh, was a bit of a surprise to see Miami take those points from Duluth. Uh were you surprised uh, to see the uh, Gophers drop that second game against uh, Fairbanks? Yeah, that uh, it was kind of fun watching Gopher Twitter meltdown on that. I uh, I made a little bit of a jab at it and said, "Because well, my dad uh, too, he's he did the he did the same thing where he's like, yep, season's done." My dad has not watched a Gopher game in its entirety. I think in I'm at least in the Motsko era, probably longer than that. But there's like a self in it. I mean, I get it, the Minnesota sports thing. I think that's a lot of what it is, but in particular the Gopher hockey team. It's what you know, any time they lose, it's it's the sky is falling. And yeah, I mean, Fairbanks, I don't think Fairbanks isn't god awful. They're not good. But and that's not a good loss. But, and I will say, you know, I'm the guy, I'm the guy that said that their goaltending situation is going to be fine. Uh, they weren't, at least that first goal was not a good goal to give up. 
he got hung out to dry some bad defense. There's like a five on two in the, the third goal for Alaska's third goal. I didn't think that the goals that the Gophers gave up were great, but you know, you only scored twice against my, uh, against Alaska and you had about 40 shots. Uh, you're not going to win too many games. Over, like over eight on the power. Yeah, play. Over eight on the power play. Uh, yeah, it just was not, not a good, not a good result for them, obviously. And I, yeah, the goaltending, I'm sure a lot of people are pointing to that as well. See, you know, uh, now that our 900 save percentage guy, whose save percentage in the NHL is at 33%. So let in a goal on his first shot. <laughs> he gave up two goals on three shots. In mop-up work, in a, and I don't think he had much chance on those two goals. But, uh, but yeah, it's, so it's just more fun to just to see the Gopher fans just throw their hands up and say, yeah, season's done again in on January 17th or whatever. I feel, I feel like Gopher fans, for the most part, are very much stuck in the 70s. And whereas they are the power, they everybody wants to still play for them. That's not even seventies. Like they, let's say it's called like the MSC era. You know, it's still in the <laughs> Mazako, uh, Rash Reed uh, era of yeah, as you said, national championshipper, or it's a terrible season, which is cute because there's no real other Minnesota franchise college pro or or whatnot that can say that uh and yeah as as a program that's won a couple of national titles in this century it's just weird that they're almost more defeatist than you know uh vikings fans or you know some uh, you know twins fans or something like that it's just it's it's weird to me yeah and it's they're they're very much when it comes to they don't like the fact that everybody else has caught up to them. They 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 don't like the change of you know where it was seven or eight dominating teams in college hockey and then everybody else is just there for fodder. Um, you know the the tide has risen uh, for for all of the programs and any type of loss like this is. It, it it's uncouth and it's totally beneath this program and it's like sorry that's college hockey now I mean it's uh, it's gonna happen but you know my little uh, response was usually Moscow coach teams do this in late March you got lucky that was my little my little yeah and another thing like now that you mention it like when you say that they're stuck in the seventies it's funny because they still say the Jan Brady thing. And, it, and I saw some of that because I went on the, uh, the gopher puck live, whatever, when the Huskies played them. And I just was thinking like, who I mean, certainly any, I mean, college age kids don't get any Brady bunch references at, at this point. Can you, do, can you at least like update your digs? Because I mean, that's even, stretching it from my dad's generation. Uh, and so who is really understanding the Jan Brady reference at this point? I, I'm sure there's other more modern references that you can plug in there to, to throw St. Cloud under the bus. Please do. 
because we do it the same, you know, we'll do the same thing to the gophers. But just for your own sake, like, just update your bit every now and then. Update the software a little bit, is what I'm saying. A, a reference from, you know, not 50-some years ago would uh, would probably help. Is That's a good point. I never thought of it. Yeah, just something, a reference, uh, a reference to something that's not on me TV, you know. <laughs> Uh, two questions. One I'm really interested in, and one I'm a little bit passionate about. First one is uh, double meat. Is it worth it? Is it worth the four dollars and twenty cents at Chipotle to get double meat? And I got a trick for everyone here. You don't go in saying I want chicken double meat. I want barbacola double meat. You don't do that. That's a rookie move. You say what you want, and then oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can I get double meat on that? So that way you've already tested them on what a what a one per portion for that server is. So then they'll have to double that amount. Because cause if you say double meat right at the beginning, they'll give you two scoops and move on. But usually if you just get, you know, let them think it's only one, they'll, they'll do a scoop and they'll do, you know, about a half scoop or so, drop it in there. Oh, I'm sorry, double meat. You get a full new scoop of meat. So that instance, you go that way with it. I think it's definitely worth the 420. Split it into two meals, two portions. Boom. That, that's, that, that's kind of my go-to for, for that. When I'm in the line. When I'm in the line, at least. Because now I just order everything in mobile app, so I don't, I don't get double meat. But One thing that I would say 75% of the time works pretty well 25% of the time kind of backfires, but typically my order there is half chicken, half steak. And like I said, 75% of the time you're going to get more meat in that portion because it's harder for them to divvy up the half portion. They'll give you close to a full portion on both. Not quite, but close to it. There is that 25% of the time where they're really skimpy, though, where they can almost get less than a full portion of meat. I don't do Chipotle that often, but I, I generally do that. And like I said, it I've never had I've never gotten double meat. Uh, I didn't guess I didn't realize that was an option. But uh, but the half and half can kind of turn out to be like one and a half times the serving size. Sometimes, like I said, a majority of the time. So that's another hack uh, for you to consider. Oh, there you go. Uh, and then the internet craze that's taken social media by storm. I'm interested if you are playing it or if you've heard about it. Um, I'm going with Wordle here. Have you been playing? Are you into Wordle? Do you have any quick Wordle as a crossword aficionado, crossword speedrunner, crossword creator? And, you know, you've got all the accolades here with words when it comes to words. You know, first off, are you playing Wordle? I have never played it. Okay. Do you know what Wordle is? I know is? what it is. I know okay. what it is. Okay. Uh, I think you know me well enough. I'm not big on trends. And from what I can tell, this is like a ripoff of the old Chuck Woolery classic lingo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that seems to be lost in the whole craze. Um, I'm glad that it's getting some pub. Always nice to get some word game uh, fads. Yeah, I mean it'll two give it two months and people will be like, huh, what? Um, 
but uh but no i i i have not checked it out yet uh because i'm going through the uh i'm going through the gsn archive and just watching lingo <laughs> lingo exists so you're not doing wordle it's i think the uh the big thing is the sharing aspect i mean it's 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 the nice little share it's the one puzzle a day um i think that is is nice to to really you know you don't get hooked you don't get you know, bogged down with ads or microtransactions and whatnot so yep i'm playing wordle i've got you know i'm eight for eight so far in my wordle career so i'll uh i'll attempt to keep that going so that's uh that's what i'm up to uh and i i believe you know you're completely correct that uh it'll die out here in a couple of months but you'll have that one friend who's like still playing pokemon go who's like oh man it's the best it ever is right now and it's like oh it's like oh okay buddy time to move on yeah maybe i'll give it a shot i mean you can get it for it's an app right you can get it nope, on just the website it's only on on the web you can't can't use it only on, your, on the web on not even on an app nope just okay maybe i'll maybe i'll check it out and that's and uh the whole purpose of it is you know it's free it's just a fun little game and apps they want to make money off you so that's why it's why it's not an app so someone will cannibalize it and probably do it i think that's already happened i think there already have been some clones made i i know know, because i know a lot of word people people in the in the word game world in the word uh, the word the so word I, 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 i'm aware yeah i'm aware of the discussions and the, the trend um but and and i know so i've i've heard that there's already been some knockoffs that have been produced um it's, are you gonna it's, put wordle in one of your next crosswords no no like i said it's not gonna it's not gonna last um i want to have a little bit of shelf life my puzzles oh ah gotcha um that should have that should have uh, prevented me from putting Salt Bay in a puzzle. You remember that reference? He, oh yeah, we went. Yeah, we I, went I'm a big fan of Salt Bay. Two minutes back five years ago, um, but uh, I've learned my lesson. Then. Ah, sure enough. But to be fair, crossword people also love like this 1964 number one hit, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Knock it off. That's like that's not even fair. I'll just Google that answer because I'm not gonna get it, and that's perfectly legitimate in my world. You're you're okay with the uh, you're okay with the uh, Google. It's your puzzle. Solve it how you will, uh, how you want it. Well, that about does her. Uh, shorter podcast, and you know when we have no games to talk about and no clue what's gonna happen uh, with next weekend, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> This is pretty much what you get. So uh, until next time, uh, forever and for always, uh, go Huskies. Woo!